Hello, welcome to Trocast, the flagship podcast of the Lacrosse Tribune. I am Jordan Vian, city government reporter, and I am here with Lacrosse Fire Chief Ken Gilliam. Greetings. Uh, so you are here to talk about uh, the future of our fire stations. It's been a long process. I, I think I first sat through a you know, couple hour long presentation, I want to say in 2015. Yeah. Tell me what it is that we need as far as fire stations go. Sure. Like what are the problems? So there's a lot of dynamics that play into it, and um, I'll try to keep it as brief and concise so that people can follow it. Um, we've, we've been looking primarily at a tremendous amount of data. So um, one of the things that came along with our accreditation process uh, about the same time that we started to have conversations about where we're going with our facilities uh, back in like 2012, 2013, um, we really started to uh, utilize technology and data to either prove that our beliefs are right or sometimes dispel some beliefs and say, oh, we, we thought it was one way and here it's another. Yeah, in this case, like I know everybody thought that we needed another fire station over by the mall. Yeah. And then the you got the data, and it was like, actually, the well, south side's probably the better place. And, and in, in some ways we do, but it's not mm-hmm. the type of priority. So mm-hmm. one of the things we need to do is we need to look at call volume. Where are our, our highest density loads of call volume? It's not going to be a big shock. That's towards downtown. There's more vertical development. There's more events. There's more things going on. So mm-hmm. heat maps clearly show uh, the north end of town. They also show some of the neighborhoods that are you know, oftentimes a little bit more... Uh, socioeconomically struggling mm-hmm. and, and the problems that come along with that. So we've got key areas of town where we know we need stations, but then there's also a vantage point of everybody's paying in for this. We want to make sure that everybody's got kind of adequate resources. So those businesses and homes that live out by the mall and along County Road B up on the north end of Madari there that are lacrosse residents and businesses, mm-hmm. um, we're certainly looking at the needs up there. And yeah, someday I envision that the mall is going to continue to change up there. It might become a beautiful residential subdivision someday because big boxes are changing. Yeah, Things happen. Um, so there's a need, but as you look at the call volume and density, it was one of the lower priorities. It's not that mm-hmm. they're not important. It's not that a fire at the mall wouldn't be catastrophic, but playing mm-hmm. the odds, it's just not happening as frequently up there. Um, so as we looked at that, um, we, we do have a definitive need to the south, and that's where we've requested next year for uh, funding to go to a fifth station and, and work with that model. Uh, we can talk a little bit of today about our uh, burgeoning relationship with the town of Madari and how that's actually going to help us probably 10, 15 years down the road unless something else happens sooner. Yeah. Uh, we do have plans for a sixth station actually down the road, but a lot mm-hmm. of things will change and probably be talking to a different fire chief, quite frankly, by the time it happens. So. <laughs> it's, it's not a fast process getting the fire department stations no, to get it, the city to move on this. Yeah, and it shouldn't be. So I've really, mm-hmm. I've had, uh, everybody knows I've been here about two years now, and um, mm-hmm. I bring some knowledge from the fire service, but certainly lacrosse has unique aspects that you got to kind of get to understand. So I'm leaning heavily on, um, a lot of my officers that have been here 20 and 30 years for a lot of the data. And uh, if anything, I may have brought some fresh perspective to it, but where they were already headed, it, it made sense for me. Um, we've mm-hmm. made some minor tweaks, and we're, we're continuously updating the data. Um, good stuff. So Yeah, and there was a task force on this that wrapped up its work in 2017, right? Yeah, so uh, right in January of 2017, we presented a a space needs summary that was uh, done Mm -hmm. uh, that looked at all of our existing stations and gave council a very clear picture of all the problems, 
uh, the mm -hmm. design flaws and where we should be. Um, from that January 17, I got here in July of 17, mm -hmm. and right out the chute, one, like day one, the mayor's telling me I'm on this mayor's fire station task force. We got this thing going. I'm like, <laughs> great. Sounds like fun. I'm trying to learn everybody's name. Um, so we jumped into that with both feet, and uh, over that next six months, uh, my, uh, my assistant chief at the time, he's now retired, Mark Ammon, and I mm -hmm. took uh, this task force made up of council members, citizens, different people. Uh, we took them on a journey of education on what we're asking for. Uh, the task force wrapped up in December of uh, 17, just before Christmas, and provided a report to council saying they agreed we needed to look at the, continue to at least looking at the fifth station model, mm -hmm. and we desperately needed to get a plan going for the stations. It committed no money. It really had no legal bearing. It just was another group of people saying, city council, you need to fix this at some point. Yeah, it was just a matter of really thoroughly researching, answering all of the various questions that right. people had and, you know, taking a good look at where the fire stations were and where they still are, which is not great. Uh, I Some know. of them are. Some of them are actually <laughs> in good locations. And yeah. uh, Oh, like the locations are good. Yeah. I'm just saying that the facilities, the not facilities, so facilities much. themselves yeah. are not so great right now. Yeah. And I, I don't want to <laughs> diss the public's investment in these already. I mean, we've, we've certainly done our best to take care of them, but mm -hmm. buildings get old. Uh, yeah. You know, things change. Um, we had some great pictures during the task force. We'll continue to share them with the media. Uh, mm -hmm. We took pictures of Station 2 from when it was built back in the 60s, and the, the two fire engines that were parked in one mm -hmm. bay, and now there's one truck in there that's taking up more space than those two combined. It's just things have changed. Truck yeah. chassis have gotten bigger. You know, the, mm -hmm. the job and the machines have all changed. That truck clears the door by about one inch. In my nice. in my two years here, we've already replaced two door panels because the garage door springs are old or whatever happens, and it creeps down a little bit. We're clearing that door by such a fraction that mm -hmm. we're 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 doing damage just trying to get out the door. So yeah. uh, it's it's just dumb little things like that where we're kind mm -hmm. of pouring money down a hole to some extent. Yeah. Um, so recently, the you know what they're talking about is one is a new station on the south side, which. Uh, as far as I know, it's not entirely set whether that's going to be a replacement or just a fifth station. And a replacement station on the north side, right? Right. Um, so tell, let, let's talk a little bit about the one on the north side, the Gillette Street station. Top uh, it's priority. It's 80 years old. Top it's priority. our oldest yeah. one. Uh, tell me a little bit about what are the problems with that. Right. Um, and, and just to step back one, the, the, my top priority is two stations, a north and a south, mm -hmm. where I've been engaging council. And actually, this month and next, I've got meetings set up with all of our council members one-on-one -on -one to have, mm -hmm. quite frankly, this conversation a little bit more in depth. Yeah. Um, by planting our north and a south and making a, a definitive decision mm -hmm. on four versus five, it, it allows the other pieces to fall into place and some yeah. of the public-private stuff we're going to talk about. So looking at the north, our station four on Gillette Street, it's approaching its 80th birthday. Um, everybody that comes through that thing nods their heads and sees exactly what we're talking about. They get it. The building's lived its life and its time. Um, mm -hmm. It's actually not in a bad spot. We just don't have enough room around it to build a new station while we keep the old station in business. So we can't okay. just, we can't knock it down for a few months and build a new one. Mm -hmm. We still need a fire station on yeah. the other side. So, um, so we've been working to find... Uh, possibilities on the north side we really want to stay on that kind of that crosshairs Gillette and George right in the center mm -hmm. of the north side gives us good north south east west movement mm -hmm. um so we're going to end up somewhere within a few blocks of Gillette uh, you know along that stretch there 
Um, to slow it down a bit, I'm also making decisions for the next 60 to 80 years. And, yeah. And I put some heavy weight on that. So we're being absolutely sure that we've, you know, looked under every rock and, and taken advantage of every opportunity. Mm-hmm. It leads into the public-private partnership piece, and I may be jumping ahead of you here, but That's we've fine. been talking to different developers saying, what else could we do? If if we're taking a structure that has been typically tax-exempt, mm-hmm. it's a fire station sitting on a city lot or city lots that is not making any tax revenue. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm running a business that's set up to lose money. But if we if we take that fire station and incorporate it in with some other type of development, whether it be commercial occupancy, residential, mm-hmm. or in most cases you're seeing both, kind of that taxpayer methodology where it's a fire station with a coffee shop and something else sandwiched around it and then living space above it, that tax revenue actually starts offsetting the cost of that fire station over, over the years to come. Yeah, we were uh, – it's funny. We were talking about that this morning because – I was just thinking about all of the benefits to sharing a roof with the fire station. I mean, you never have to worry about apartment fires. You don't have to worry about people breaking in. Right. Like, who's going to say, oh, the fire department's right next door. I think I'll break into this apartment. Yeah. (laughs) The other thing I think it's important for the people listening, Mm -hmm. too, is we keep saying fire station, but what's Mm -hmm. going to happen up on the north side? um, Chief Tisher and I had been talking uh, on the police department aspects. They've got a small little community policing station up on Mm -hmm. the north side with a community room. We're planning on taking our old fire station and that old north side policing station and incorporating those together because we need training space that can double as that that size community room. So Chief Tisher, uh, who's no longer with us, I'm hoping the new police chief will be in lockstep with me on this. But he said Mm -hmm. as long as we have those couple of office spaces for the officers to use and then this community gathering room, he was all in. So we're actually Mm going to take two old pieces of tax-exempt property, and those will Mm -hmm. be on the market once we make the move. So we'll have a fire and police station, and while some people might think that people don't want to live above that or beside that, it's Mm -hmm. actually the opposite. The the places where it's worked, and I've seen it everywhere from my old city in St. Paul to uh, Mm -hmm. the fire station one in Madison that we just went to where there's a 14-story building above the fire station, people actually like it. Uh, it's security. It's it's a mm-hmm. help. If you're having a heart attack, you can take the elevator down and knock on the door of the fire station. You know, yeah. <laughs> we're just waiting for an ambulance to show up and stuff. So, um, it, it's good stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, there might be some noise once in a while, yeah. but uh, and we're we're good. It's a trade off. Nobody's going to turn the siren on in the station. You know, <laughs> you're going to pull out at two o'clock in the morning and get a few feet away from the station before you start waking yeah. everybody up. So, yeah, we, we certainly try to be good neighbors with that while staying within the mm-hmm. legal limits of what we need to do with, with the law. So. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the well, like the estimate that you guys had with, for the capital improvement budget was about a six million dollar facility. Yep. Does that take into account private investment, or is that? Um, well, know? that's where the private investment piece makes it interesting. So, um, and and the north side station may not work for it. We're really looking mm-hmm. at a lot of small properties up there. I don't know. I've engaged a couple of developers, and if anybody has anything big that they're planning to do around the intersections we've been talking about, give me a call later. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That Northside Station may just end up being a nice little police and Mm -hmm. sub-police precinct and a nice fire station up there. If it has an opportunity to go bigger, we Mm -hmm. can. That's our critical priority, though. So if a a development opportunity doesn't pop up real soon, we're probably going to end up building 
pretty much a, a historical fire station, including mm-hmm. that police station, including a community room, sure. anything else we can do for the city. So, even that is just you know it's good sure. for efficiency to have right. you guys in the same building. To and, the public private, mm-hmm. we do have a couple of other discussions. So we have engaged with uh, the group that bought the Kmart site. Ironically, our station three down across the street from Central, mm-hmm. uh, very close to that Kmart site. Our station three is really in an optimal spot. We don't have a need to replace mm-hmm. someone. Um, the space needs said it was about, I think, uh, uh, two-thirds smaller than it needs to be. And it's just for people who don't know, Station 3 is at the corner of Green Bay Street and Lozy. Lozy, there you go. Thank you. So um, that station's really kind of an optimal spot, but we know that something is supposed to happen with the Kmart facility soon. So uh, mm-hmm. working with Planning Director Jason Gilman, we've put in a letter of intent to the company that owns that property mm-hmm. and said we'd at least like to come to the table. We've met with them, and we're just talking about what if. Yeah. As you look at that, then you take what is essentially a five to six million dollar fire station. As you partner up with someone, are you sharing costs on everything from the pipes and electricity and things that mm-hmm. you got to bring to the site, the parking lots, the foundations, and the shared spaces? And the successful projects we're seeing, uh, very. We went over to Madison and looked at a lot of the way they set up theirs financially. Um, they're, they're actually the city owns a piece of a condominium. The fire oh, sure. station is actually set up as a condo. They have a chief officer that sits on the condominium board of directors to help mm-hmm. vote on things about the total building. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they've built it so that things are separate. And they gave us some really great advice about let's make sure that the electric meters are separate and the water meters are separate because mm-hmm. there's some things that clearly need to stay separate. But the, the structure itself, emergency things, uh, things mm-hmm. like that, is there a way to bring the city's cost down and the developer's cost down? Beyond that, um, I'm getting a heck of a lesson uh, from the planning department side, and, and uh, Jason Gilman would be a great one to get in on this subject sometime as a follow-up. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's things called... Uh, uh, new market tax credits and certainly the TIF districts that we know about yeah. and just these different grants and things that they're looking at where there's people that are wanting to give incentives or give money to these projects and can the developer and the city both benefit from that mm-hmm. and that's where we're trying to explore right now. Um, we've mm-hmm. got discussions going with about three different development groups. They're good. Mm-hmm. They're exploratory. We're yeah. feeling it out but I'm, I'm very optimistic um, I'm hoping next year we can get the capital secured for the North Station on Gillette and get that going because we've got some critical mm-hmm. needs there. Yeah, I'm really hopeful we can get priority two, and that's that fifth mm-hmm. station built on the south side. Everything else in the middle, we've got a little bit of time to work with, Yeah, and uh, hopefully it'll save the taxpayers, myself mm-hmm. included, a lot of money if we can get uh, the project to kind of help pay for itself. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of covers everything <laughs> that I wanted to talk about. Uh, it seems like you know, things are really happening here after a lot of thought, a lot of de- deliberation, a lot of research, and it just seems like it's a very well thought out project. Cool. Thanks. Mm-hmm. I think people latch on to what they hear and mm-hmm. they hear that, you know, I want to build a $6 million building so that we can have men's and women's restrooms. And that's mm-hmm. just a teensy little piece of it. Yeah. So to kind of paint a picture for the people listening on the conditions, and, and we can look right up at station four on the north end, the, the truck barely fits. Right. Mm-hmm. And we've actually done damage to other trucks that have gone up there to cover that station and backed into it and clipped something, a piece of pipe mm-hmm. in the station or something off the truck. Yeah. Because uh, they didn't, they're not aware of it or whatever happened. Mm-hmm. So over the years, dumb things have happened like that. And we address those things. Mm-hmm. But the truck doesn't fit. Modern day trucks, the entire cab lifts up so you can get access to the engines. So mm-hmm. to 
to check the oil to work on those trucks, a lot of times you, you have to pull that outside. truck out, <laughs> which right now in July is nice. You pull the truck outside, you lift the cab up, you do your work. In January and February, that ain't so cool. So our, yeah. our mechanics that have to do a real minor maintenance thing, they're sitting out in 20 below zero or out in the rain working on these trucks to keep them running. So from the apparatus perspective, we've got that. Next a couple up, weeks ago, I bet it wasn't real great either. Yeah, a little, little humid out. Outside. And we had, you know, our main shop is down station one. Our mechanics are outside laying in the parking lot all the time. It's just mm-hmm. we can do better. Yeah. Um, to the core reason we're here on, on emergency response, um, the old stations, uh, you know, all of the exhaust systems basically used to pump into the working areas and living areas of the stations. We've started to address that with with exhaust system captures, uh, exhaust capture systems, I should say, and trying to get things sealed up better. But modern stations are built really with a positive pressure deal where they're pressurizing those working spaces to keep so the bad it, like, stuff out. So if they were running the truck yeah. in the garage, right. all of the exhaust from that truck would be going to where like the guys who are, you know, waiting for a call are hanging out. Right. <laughs> Or doing the exactly. training and well, yeah, no, anytime, trying to catch yeah. some sleep. My office is above Station 1. Anytime yeah. a rig starts up, I'm sitting up there. I'm not going on the, the medical call or the fire call, but the exhaust fumes are rolling on up the stairwell, and I'm getting to sit up at the top of the chimney breathing that. So That over, doesn't seem great no. for your lungs. And, and I don't recommend it. Yeah, and then as you look at cancer statistics, you wonder <laughs> why firefighters are five times more likely than the average human being to get very rare forms of cancer. It's, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot going on with the health and wellness. So yeah. that feeds into the health and wellness component. As our as our uh, firefighters go out and attack a structure fire, we know these days we're burning petroleum products. If you can find something in this room we're sitting in that's made of wood, I would bow to you. But even this wooden table is actually <laughs> yeah. particle board yeah. and glue with a nice little laminate plastic cover over the top of it. And it yeah. they've painted it to look like wood. It's really nice. But this stuff is burning so hot, mm-hmm. and we, we're calling it these days black fire. There's just thousands mm-hmm. of degrees of heat around you. It's all this black Mm-hmm. petroleum product that we're swimming in. We have learned that we need to get our people clean. We need to get their gear cleaned. Uh, we need mm-hmm. to get them back to the station, get them gross decon, and then get them into a shower, even mm-hmm. get them sweating on a, a treadmill row machine just to get it out of their pores for just mm-hmm. a few minutes even to get these toxins out of our body. So yeah. we're doing everything we can. Um, we, we've got the gear washers now and dryers, mm-hmm. and we're trying to get our second sets of turnout for next year. So we've got some spare clothes and we're doing everything except for we get back to the stations right now and a group of four to six or eight people are at mm-hmm. the station and there's a shower. Enter in, we built these stations before females were in the workforce, quite yeah. frankly. Now we've got female firefighters. So they get back and it's who gets the shower first. Does the one female lock all the males mm-hmm. out of the locker room or do the males lock mm-hmm. the female out of the locker room and who's got their feelings hurt? So it starts to yeah. get into this. It makes the fire chief and the HRs people hair stand up on the back of their neck because it's like at some point in time, Someone's gonna do something litigious or, or throw a red yeah. flag. So and, and also we just yeah. we don't want we just that. like him to get into a shower and get cleaned off and I can't let everybody get into a shower to together. Lung cancer. Right on. We don't want him to get cancer. <laughs> I want him to get cleaned up. And it even gets on to just obviously we're mm-hmm. we're big into physical fitness. We've got mm-hmm. gyms in the stations. Yeah. Um, when they work out as a company to try and work out, we lose productive time because as mm-hmm. they're trying to get into two or three showers, they're mm-hmm. they aren't there. So we're, we're losing hours of productivity because we can't get everybody cleaned up enough and get them back to work. So, yep. um, so it's things like that. And then as you just get into the stations, they're falling apart. You know, yeah. um, these stations were made at a time when they, were, they thought asbestos products were good, and we mm-hmm. now know they're not so good. So yeah. as you start digging in and trying to fix things, you can't actually disturb the floors mm-hmm. or the walls or the ceiling tiles. And it's just yeah. all, it's all about liability. Yeah. We know better, and that's why mm-hmm. as much as everybody would love to say, let's, let's just 
throw some paint on Station 4 up on Gillette Street and, you know, give them some new furniture. That isn't going to solve the problems. No. It, we need some new facilities. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. I yeah, there's you a brain <laughs> <laughs> It just, uh, I'm glad I'm not a firefighter. <laughs> oh, you can always take the test. Come on. I still hope. <laughs> Uh, maybe in a few years from now when I go take a shower afterward. Yeah. I, I guess in closing, here's what I'd like to suggest, and it's what I've been telling everybody. Um, these are public buildings. Yeah. We do a lot of ceremonies there. You've been to a number of them. We, mm-hmm. we try to invite the public into these fire stations, and mm-hmm. if somebody's having a problem, um, ring the doorbell at a fire station, and we're there to help the community. Um, for those people that are living around these stations or if you think mm-hmm. what I'm saying is BS, um, don't take my word for it. I would go ring the doorbell of any of our four mm-hmm. fire stations, some uh, nice person in uniform is going to open the door and greet you. And if you said, I'd like to see if what Chief Gilliam's saying is true, uh, they can take you on a quick nickel tour of the facilities. Mm-hmm. And you could ask yourself, would you want to work there? Would you want your kids or your loved ones to work there? Are we doing the best thing for our investment? And that true investment is the firefighters and EMTs here in La Crosse mm-hmm. that are protecting everyone. I think the answer is pretty apparent on that. So. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.